Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back on the block, Austin Norman and Eric Strickland with you. We go to our VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with what, Stricky? With exceptional heart. Indeed. We welcome in Husker Online's Brian Munson. He is our recruiting insider. And uh, normally, this time of year would be a big deal with signing day being on Wednesday. But Brian, I still don't know just how used to the new cycle people are that signing day isn't a big deal because it's early signing day. I forgot until this weekend that signing day was on Wednesday. I, I still don't get it. <laughs> Dude, I, I think that you, you, well, you're not the only one. So I always remembered that like the first Wednesday, the first Wednesday of the month of February was just the biggest thing for me every single year until the December date came around. And I really thought, um, really thought the December date was kind of a fad. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was really going to be that big of a deal. I, I, just, I felt like, oh, the junior college guys are going to have their day, you know, and the early enrollers will have their day. And I had just no idea that 95-plus percent of all of the guys that were going to sign would basically move their process so far left. So you're not the only one. I, It's a little bit of an afterthought for everybody I know a year ago for Nebraska fans, it was way more interesting because they were still putting together, you know, a significant part of their roster with all the portal transfer guys and a few high school guys. But this year it'll be much quieter. One guy really on the radar, I think, for Nebraska right in Kiona Wilhite. Tell us about him and is there anyone else that, that might be in the, you know, in the works for the Huskers? Oh, there might be another one out there, but I'm not really ready to, to, to divulge that one. Um it's uh Keona's the only guy that I would count on that it's going to be a scholarship guy, but I do believe that there's going to be another fairly significant uh, walk-on uh, mm. that'll be added to the class. Um, <laughs> Keona is uh, an interesting dude. We had we had previously reported um, that that basically things looked like that it had moved in favor of UCLA, and um, some things changed. Some things changed over the weekend. Let's just put it that way. Now we, we, we're feeling very good about Nebraska's chances to, to grab Will Hyde on Wednesday. Wednesday is a, he's a, Will Hyde is a big get for Nebraska because he can play both the Jack linebacker. He can play the Will linebacker. He's potentially even a guy that can put his hand in the dirt, you know, move down to kind of a five, maybe play a seven, really that that multi you know kind of dimensional edge kind of player that's either playing in a two point or a three point somewhere between like a prince will and a cameron lenhart hmm. i think that this is kind of where i would kind of you know compare him um i think it's a really good get for nebraska i think it, it really addresses one of the one of the still one of the keys or one of the needs i think that you know that we would all kind of agree was still kind of necessary that they didn't they didn't get that pass rusher you know in the group um 
think they probably still could have used an interior defensive lineman if they ever would have like latched onto another Carlin Jones someplace. They could have used a high school a running back once you kind of you know Kiwan Lacy had decided to cut ties with Nebraska in November. Um, that really kind of changed everything up for the for them as well. But I think getting this edge rusher this late in the game. Uh, because of the de- because of his decommitment and, and his NLI being revoked, um, or asking for a release actually from his NLI to Washington, uh, basically created a huge opportunity for Nebraska, and they did a really good job to to basically demonstrate how he will be used in Lincoln. Speaking of running backs from Texas, a Nebraska great from down there announced his retirement today. Rex Burkhead. Brian, in my head, I always just think of Rex Burkhead as this, you know, grinder out of nowhere kind of guy that no one really thought about. It surprised me to to learn today that Rex Burkhead was a four-star recruit and the number 43 recruit in the state of Texas, which is basically top 100 nationally, you know, some years. He was Superman. Um, I tell you what, I went and watched him play. Oof. What game was that? It was before the Skyline High School playoff game and I think that Rex was playing quarterback running back safety a little wide receiver and some returner duties and (laughs) he went skyline at the time was the high school in Dallas the the basically the DSI DISD kind of like that was the place that was and I can't remember any of the dudes that were playing against him most of those guys ended up going to Minnesota if I remember correctly they must have had four or five guys that were going D1 Anyway, um, and Rex uh, was a one-man show. He did everything. He tore up Skyline single-handedly. That was, you know, the thing about Rex was nobody really had a great beat on where he fit the most, where where he fit the best. Is it wide receiver? Is it running back? Is it safety? Is it some sort of an athlete kind of role? This is a guy that was also, you know, probably could have been a collegiate baseball player. You know, played uh, played a middle in, played middle in, infielder if I remember correctly. Um, was a very good basketball player as well. Uh, just an exceptional athlete, and obviously had a brother that played uh, defensive end, I believe, for Harvard. Um, so really smart family. Dad is in the FBI. You know, I mean, it's it, it's it, it's it was a heck of a career for Rex. It was a big get for Bo Pelini. I, I, people don't understand pulling Rex Burkhead out of Texas was a huge, mm-hmm. huge thing. I do believe that he was going to leave in the state, but I think it really came down to like Nebraska, Virginia for him. Hmm. I think UT like Texas was there, you know, kind of at the end trying to figure out like where he was going to fit, but Nebraska really put together a, a great proposal and a way of kind of seeing Rex and obviously the rest is history. Did Nebraska see him as a running back as soon as he got to campus, or was there any of that, you know, during the process, thinking through, talking with Burkhead, talking with assistant coaches on offense, or even defense, where Rex Burkhead was going to play? No, he was a running back. That was absolutely like a slam dunk. Like, that that's what you're going to do. And he got down there early, if I recall, um, and I remember seeing, like, his progress through – like just four months in the strength and conditioning program that once he got there and uh, just was, was just built in a way that was different, you know, when it came to true freshmen and, and how he was kind of then, you know, putting himself together, being ready to kind of play as a, as a true freshman, which I think was big because I think uh, Amir Abdullah got ended up getting hurt later that season. So he ended up having to get kind of 
thrown into the action. And I think that there was some questions about how big of a role he was going to kind of play, ramping him up. And then I think it was kind of, you're the guy, you know, like we're going to, we're going to lean on you now. So um, yeah, no, he was, he was absolutely going to be a, a running back for Nebraska, but um, gosh, I mean, uh, that just brings back a lot of memories talking to him, talking to his family, getting a chance to, to meet all of them down here at a couple of events. Uh, just a wonderful group. So hopefully he's enjoying enjoying his retirement. I think he bought a house in Plano. I think he's back home. I'm not going to ask you if you're one through 10 rankings or even further. Is Rex Burkett a, a top 10 running back in Nebraska football history? Is he just outside that conversation? No, he's in there. He's absolutely in there. Um, I couldn't rattle off, you know, where he was at necessarily. I don't think he's top five. I think he's somewhere in that seven to nine range, but he's absolutely in the top 10. As we look at Nebraska recruiting in Texas, I, I know that's something Bo Pelini and that staff did, and then it dried up for a while. I, I know yep. Matt Rule and his staff have you know made those efforts with their connections down in Texas. When Matt Rule came into Nebraska, Brian, were there still people around there who you know had that institutional knowledge of Nebraska recruiting Texas that wondered why the Huskers ever left the state, or was Matt Rule basically starting from scratch with his own connections and not relying on you know anyone else even knowing people at Nebraska? No, there was absolutely, the brand was still strong. I mean, um, I'm trying to think of a couple of like uh, separate things that that had happened during that time frame. I mean, I think really what happened was Nebraska left the Big 12 to go to the Big 10. And Nebraska wasn't going to be playing any games, you know, south of Lincoln uh, when it came to the regular schedule. And they just said, well, we're not going back to Texas. And that's what the reason why we felt like we were, you know, could recruit the state was because we were going to be in the state playing, you know, a couple times, maybe three times, depending if we're in the championship, you know, every single year. And then all of a sudden you were kind of taken away that access, you know, from those players and the, and the parents. And it just, it seemed, I think to them to be a tougher sell, but in reality, you know, there's players that, that leave the state of Texas to go anywhere in the nation anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Ten's always had success coming down here and and grabbing players. And um, certainly there's a lot of other teams that, that love to cherry pick the state of Texas. And Nebraska could have still stayed very strong, um, you know, south of the Red River if they decided that they were going to go ahead and do that. But everything philosophically, fundamentally changed with recruiting they shifted that they shifted that footprint you know to the to the east nebraska you know one they started going after kids in ohio um they started going after kids more in the big 10 footprint um florida yeah, that, georgia that, that, was, that was a big thing the the other thing i want to ask you about that brian is with texas's move to the sec you, you know mm-hmm. that players go all the way across the country from texas anyways does it get easier for Nebraska to recruit in Texas with the Longhorns jumping to a new conference? Uh, does it get more difficult with more SEC teams maybe trying to reach in with the appeal of you know going to Texas every so often? Or is yep. it just always going to be a free-for-all like it has been with just the sheer number of talent in Texas? Uh, I think it stayed about the same, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I do feel like the... Um... There isn't like, uh, you know, you already have A&M here. You had LSU next door. You're getting Oklahoma north of Red River. So Oklahoma's closer to to Dallas than, than, than Texas really is, mm-hmm. right, from a distance perspective. So- Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Austin to Dallas is further away than, than Norman to Dallas. So you, you, you still find those players that feel, you know, a little bit more comfortable, you know, going to, going to Oklahoma or, you still find those guys that, that just say flat out, I'm going to go play somewhere else, you know, in the country. I'm leaving the state. This is my opportunity to go ahead and do so. Texas is definitely trying their hardest to nail down every single player that they can in the, in, in, in the state. There's always kind of been a gentleman's agreement, you know, between A&M and Texas that, you know, if the best, the best players in the state don't want to go to their school, they will try to steer them to the other school. They want the best players to stay home. Uh, there's there's a there's a benefit there for for all sides when those players do that. Um, so right now, I think though Nebraska, that Texas is kind of hitting on all cylinders. They're getting guys nationally, like Brandon Baker. They're getting all the guys to kind of stay home uh, as well. And then A and M with their coaching change too. They've done they've done good to kind of reconcile things. And, and after Jimbo had been had been fired, uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how things kind of go moving forward. But nothing really has changed there. Uh, and SEC schools will continue to recruit the state of Texas. There's just too many guys that come up through Texas that can go play Division One football that Texas can't take them all. We're talking with Brian Munson of Husker Online here. Uh, he did drop a nugget, didn't give a name or anything, but definitely stay tuned to Husker Online. I'm sure Brian's Twitter um, for some, some more news regarding Nebraska recruiting as we get closer to signing day. A different orange UT is in the news, though, for recruiting reasons. Brian, Tennessee um, being investigated for more you know, improprieties with NIL, but with a Nebraska tie, their, their chancellor, Dondi Plowman, uh, sent a letter, put out a statement um, about just the, the cognitive dissonance, really, with NIL and recruiting, where the NCAA says, you know, recruits can talk to collectives, um, but those those conversations can't be about recruiting. And Donnie Plowman basically said, so you're saying they can have the conversations, but they can't have the conversations because those are at their core recruiting conversations. Do Tennessee and Virginia have a case against the NCAA? Is Donnie Plowman right? It's going to be really interesting. I think that if, if there is one thing through all the documentation, the letters, the, the, the conversation back and forth, the stuff that's been made public, I agree at least that NIL is not very clear. It's not very clear on on basically what the things are that they that they can do. It's not very clear on the things that they can't do. And it seems like there's there's an idea that the NCA holds about how it's supposed to work, and it's maybe almost like you know how it's being perceived or how it's how they think that they're understanding it, and it's not it's not the same way. So I, I think that there's there's going to be some things that come up here about clarification and basically the the uh the uh how how foggy and how uh unclear the statements and the rules kind of are with with the nca and the nil um i personally felt like after reading some of the stuff last week tennessee felt like they weren't in the wrong about doing anything uh the nca on the other hand they seem to feel like they have got a pretty strong case uh, against Tennessee, so it's going to be interesting to kind of see how this thing kind of kind of moves forward. Because I just I feel like you have two two sides that really truly feel like that you know they feel like they're they're in the right when it comes to about how things have been handled. When whenever we have the discussions about NCAA and NIL and enforcement, Strick always refers to the NCAA as you know the, the Chihuahua, 
Right, the yip, 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 not really the, the, the pit bull. Um, but I want your opinion on this, Brian. Would it be better for the NCAA to, to keep trying to fight this fight and force the rules on its books and keep looking like the bad guy? Or is there maybe a period of time where the NCAA would go hands-off, let it be the Wild West and say, okay, schools, this is what you asked for, and use that that time, however long it is, five years, ten years, to come together with with leaders, student athletes, chancellors, presidents, business leaders, to you know come up with a solid plan that that makes more people happy. So when people get frustrated, you know, even more frustrated about the state of NIL, the NCAA can maybe save some face and be welcomed back as a hey, you actually did your job right this time. Sort of you know conquering hero almost. I almost feel like it's the Wild Wild West right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're already there. And and uh, is it? Is it helpful now to kind of keep going down this path to get a, a, a better sample of, of, of basically what the good things and the bad things are that are happening? Possibly, but then they're already calling Tennessee and other schools out, you know, when it comes to, you know, the NIL rule that they feel like are the rules that they feel like are so clear that other people will tell you that they're as clear as mud. Um, I'm, I'm of the opinion that the NCA, if they continue to keep acting out here, where if, if it's a Tennessee and, and whoever else next to where they don't feel like the, the rules are clear and they're getting punished for this because it's, it's leading up, open some things for, you know, some, some substitution or, you know, uh, some assumption. Um, they, they may find themselves, you know, if they're, if we really start talking about a couple of super, super conferences, those super conferences may mm-hmm. decide that the NCA doesn't, doesn't add a lot of value to them yep. anymore. And that they can go ahead and basically create their own type of rules committee and have their own oversight that would be better than what the NCA can even provide right now. And I think that they are really getting close to, to having that become a, a more of a, a of a bigger thought by other, by other teams and other schools. And as we move closer to those two super conferences, that could happen. Brian, yeah, I, I, that's a great point because one of the things that I've found <clears> – <throat> Is that they're picking and choosing those battles with? I, yep. You, I, if you went and dug into everybody's uh, treasure vaults and all that stuff, you can always find something. And it's like the one that really threw me off was the one with Florida State. I believe uh, one of the coaches. All he did was he's on an on he's on an on campus visit. He take all he does is drop him off at an NIL meeting, and he and he gets flagged for a penalty on that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's crazy. Like that's yeah, and, yeah. And think about think about the worst thing that ever happened. Like not the worst thing in NCAA history, but like maybe the most memorable is the famous Eric Crouch sandwich. Yeah, I mean, what are we what are we really, really trying doing. to do here? Are yeah. we are were we missing the bags of money before that we all claim and felt like we're there? Or now that you can pay these guys legally, but there's still a framework around it that maybe that the rules still aren't being followed to the T and we're still getting caught up on who's ride sharing and who's getting a little bit of another little privilege, you know, when it comes to pennies on the dollar versus thousands of dollars. Give me a break. Some of the stuff that's being thrown out there now, this is not in the spirit of NIL. When Sam Keller brought this thing forward, the idea was, my name image likeness is in this football game. I should have received some sort of compensate compensation for that, which I think was eight bucks or 10 bucks or whatever it was. But 
you know, now these guys are, are signing hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of deals and driving leased vehicles and stuff like that. It's, it's way, way different. I think than anybody ever intended when Sam Keller first submitted basically that lawsuit. Who missed the boat? Was it players, business leaders, administrators, or everyone? Oh, I think it's, I think everybody shares some blame here. I mean, I think you, you, you're going to give some people an inch. They're going to take you a mile and they're going to figure out how far they can take this thing before the NCA or somebody else says this thing is completely crooked. It's not working the way that we intended. You had a head coach from Boston college leave because he's sick of having to re-recruit the players that were already on his roster. I, I, I totally get it. Like I said, I think it's the wild, wild west right now. I think you're there. I think you're just in the early stages of it. Last thing for you then, Brian. It's, it's early in the week. You have full ability to change your predictions as we get closer. So your Super Bowl champion is? Oh, man. I'm leaning towards San Francisco. Um, and it is because I'm a little bit of an AFC guy, obviously. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 I like McCaffrey. I like the way San Francisco dialed it back in a little bit last week. I felt like they could have got, they could have got taken behind the the woodshed a little bit in the first half, and they, they did, they were able to get things calmed down. They're going to need that ability to kind of get back to what it is that they do great, and that's run the football. And Purdy can break the pocket and run the ball a little bit, and they got plenty of weapons from the tight ends to the wide receivers. So I, and I, I love their defense. I love their defense. So I'm going to go with the, with the 49ers. You're saying they're more talented than the Taylor Swift conspiracy, basically. I'm saying, <laughs> no, I, I just I, I I I like what they do. I love that offense. When people say that's what Rule and Satterfield want to get towards, man, I I will just go ahead and tell you right now, that would be a thing of beauty. I yeah. really mm-hmm. love watching the 49ers offense. Hey, if 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 49ers let Kelsey go eleven for eleven in targets to receptions, they're in trouble. Yeah, I I totally agree. I I do feel like they're still looking for a more dependable down the field threat, but Kelsey did a great job sitting down in those pockets in the zone and making some unbelievable catches, and he crushed Buffalo as well. Uh, They definitely have to rattle Mahomes a little bit, but I I think the the X factor, the real guy that makes the most most difference to KC is Pacheco. I think Pacheco has a way of keeping drives alive and breaking off some runs he's so tough to kind of get a square hit on and Mahomes can do it with his feet too Brian as always we appreciate your time we will direct people to your Twitter to Husker online for that nugget you might be dropping by Wednesday we'll look forward to that and uh, chatting again here soon sounds good man see you guys later that's Brian Munson of Husker online with us on our VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber where they understand exceptional service with local heart Jay Foreman's in the air he's on a bird on the way to Vegas, Super Bowl week coverage. Don't forget, you can hear the Super Bowl here on 93.7 The Ticket. We will be out at Buffalo Wings and Rings on Sunday for the game. So no, Jay will bring DP in, cross it over, get you set up for old school next. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.